This is the Big O Money Show with Bill Altman from the Premier Advisory Group. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With many years of experience in the financial industry, Bill provides his clients and prospects with the information they need regarding Social Security, Retirement Income Planning, Wealth Management, and much more. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful solutions to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals. Your money and your plans in perfect harmony. And now, here is the Big O Money Show with Bill Altman. Good morning. Welcome to the Big O Money Show. My name is Bill Altman here with the Premier Advisory Group, uh, your local fiduciary here to help with all your financial planning needs and tax needs and insurance, Medicare, all that fun stuff. And uh, with me today, we have back our real co-host, Tony Shore. <laughs> Been gone for a couple a uh, couple weeks. Uh, yeah. We had a conflict last week, um, and then the week before, you're under the weather. Yeah. But you recovered. I had, I had the COVID. You had the COVID? About three weeks ago, I had COVID, and I had never had it before, Bill. It was crazy, and it just yep. it felt like I'd been hit by a truck. I didn't have really breathing issues. I didn't lose taste or smell, uh, but I was so fatigued and had a headache and a fever and body ache. So, uh, my Sarah, my wife said, "Hey, you better take a COVID test." And I'm like, "I always test negative on those things." Boom, positive. And I'm like, oh, "Let me take a different brand home test." Boom, positive. So, yeah. uh, and then I just I was so fatigued I couldn't. I just wanted to sleep twenty four seven. And when I get up, it was just like hard to get out of bed and just achy and fever. Well, welcome back. Yeah, I feel great. And then it was six, great. seven day, six and a half days of just total fatigue. And the next morning, woke up great. Last Monday, woke up good as new. Felt great ever since. So, I don't know what happened. Well, good. Good to have you back. I'm glad yeah. you're healthy. Kaiser oh, yeah. filled in for you a couple times. I heard. He I did, listened he to the it. show. Bill Kaiser, he's a good man. I like he's, Bill. He's good. He's smart. He, uh, he he knows what he's talking about. He's very well educated. Sure. And I thought he did a great job. I mean, I, if I were you, I don't know. I'd be a little nervous. But. Well, I w- if he had a personality, I'd be worried. <laughs> but uh, he, he's a little milk toast on the show. So, no, I'm kidding. Bill, <laughs> come awesome. on. That's awesome. He'll, he'll, he'll love that. Love it. Yeah. So, you know, so crazy week once again in the market, right? We saw a lot of ups and yeah. downs and, um, and, and, and again, we're starting to see interest rates across the board raise on, you know, of course, not just the overnight rate that uh, Jay Powell's able to raise or the Fed is able to raise, but we're talking now about how that starts filtering into interest rates and we're starting to see interest rates pop up. Oh yeah. As you all know, yeah. as that happens, it's going to naturally bring values down. Yeah. The one thing on our side is there is still a short supply of everything, right? From garage doors to homes to cars. I know Andrew is looking for Andrew Galvin here in our office. His girlfriend uh, needs a new car. She has an older older car with 225,000 miles on it, and she drives back and forth to Lincoln um, every day for work, and, and they're looking for like a Civic. Sure. Honda Civic, right? And uh, great gas mileage, almost like 40 miles to the gallon or something on just a regular gas car. How fantastic. Yeah. Um, but they're two, three months out before they can get one, you know, and, and before any other year, for the most part, you could walk into a dealership um, and, and, and pick out your car. Yeah. One you or even find a low mileage, like one with 20,000 miles on it and yep. buy it used. And, and he says they're, he says they're the same price. Yep. 
Yeah. And he's even seen new used car prices being a little bit more just because you can't get a new one unless you want to wait for it. So, you know, he's like, well, I guess we're going to order this to get what they want, but it's going to take uh, two, three months. So hopefully the car, you know, the Corolla lasts. And I think it will. I mean, it's a Toyota. Thing. Yeah. Probably it might be acting like it's going out, but it's never going to die. Yeah. Corollas are good. I mean, uh, Honda, Honda Civics and Accords and Toyota Corollas, those are good. And Camrys, right. they, they, you can drive them 200 plus, but, uh, wow, that's a tough time to be looking for a car. It really we've is. Seen, you know, we're seeing oil prices come down due to the lack of demand. Yeah. So as gas prices have gotten so expensive, people are saying, Hey, we're going to postpone this longer trip for a shorter, more regional or a staycation type of trip. Yep. So we're seeing that more and more people are just being more uh, conscientious about where they're traveling to, how much travel they're doing. They're probably being a little bit more conscious on this, on the speed that they're traveling. Yes. Um, or the idle time, different things like that, that play a role in, in usage because filling up your tank for, I put $171 in my truck yesterday, oh. 171 bucks. And, and I know most cars don't have that big of a tank, but I still bet you're filling up a hundred bucks, you know, for a, a normal car. My, sure. my, my son's Jeep is a hundred bucks to fill up. Yep. He pays for his gas. So he's feeling it because I'm going to tell you, he has to work a lot of hours to get a hundred bucks, just a high schooler, yes. you know, and the wages aren't great where he is, yeah. but you know, it is what it is. So, I mean, that's a, that's a, that's a two shifter for him. Yeah. That's you crazy. Know what I mean? Is that right? That's a two day yeah. work. Yeah. Work, I mean, think yeah. about it. If you make $15 an hour and you have any type of commute or driving time, you're working for gas money is all yes. you, I mean, yep. it's uh that's crazy. In food, I had a client in named Ed the other day. Ed says he likes cran apple juice, you know, just a certain <laughs> brand of cran apple that he loves, goes to sure. the grocery store and gets it. And you're gonna get it for years. Yeah, it's double the price as it from what it was last year. He said full double. Yeah. Yep. So, you know, Tony, this goes back to, you know, we talk about all the money, the six and six and a half, seven trillion dollars, and who knows if that's a real number, if it's more. Yeah. Right. The it, money that's been pumped into the economy. In a year COVID. and a half to within a year and a half, six trillion dollars plus into the economy. And some people estimate closer to eight over the last two years. So right. that is nuts. Yep. And, and you know, and, and that's right. And and it, it certainly, we know that that can cause inflation and should cause inflation, right? right? We yeah, understand that. For sure. And as interest rates really came down to zero, and globally they got negative in yes. certain areas, certain countries. Now we're, now we've raised interest rates so quickly, we're kind of sucking that money back in. They're trying to try to pull some of that six, seven, eight trillion dollars back in, yep. right? That's kind of how the deal works. But as we were kind of talking a little pre-show, it, this isn't, it cannot just be a factor of the, the inflation cannot just be uh, the the money pumped into the economy. It cannot right. just be the increasing of the interest rates, the overnight rate. We have a serious, serious manufacturing problem in the United States. Serious. We have a global manufacturing problem. China was just shut down, what, a month ago, earlier this year, right. a full lockdown for COVID because they have a zero tolerance policy mm. for COVID. So they shut, we have, you know how much stuff we get from China? Yeah. We still get a lot of stuff. That's oh. a major player in our production, no doubt. Everything I look at says made in China on it, the, yeah, in the store. 
That's right. And, and so when stuff like that shuts down and we limit the supply, but we still have the demand that makes prices go up. So where or when are we going to solve the manufacturing crisis that we have here in the United States? This isn't a new manufacturing crisis. Remember, no, this was something that President Trump wanted to get done really bad is bring back American manufacturing and not only to America, but diversify it around. We had a prescription drug problem because we were only getting prescriptions from not only, but a lot of them from one area. A lot of were coming from China. Yep. You know, and, and when that supply shuts off and we don't have any other way to manufacture it, what are prices going to do? They're going to go up naturally. Yeah. I think to fight this inflation, not only did these interest rates have to come up a little bit, maybe not so drastically so quick. A lot of people disagree with me on that. But sometimes I think you have to use common sense. But to fix this issue, we need a, a whole an entire overhaul in our manufacturing. Right. And they were going to do that with computer chips to help with that problem, uh, to get chips for devices, uh, start manufacturing chips in America rather than just uh, Taiwan and China. And uh, But uh, that hasn't happened. We don't hear about that anymore. We don't. And, and there's there's major plants being built for this. Well, you know, down in Phoenix, for instance, there's major plants. But we, the government was supposed to, I'm going to say subsidize or loan or like a tax increment financing sure. um, type of situation where they're saying, hey, NVIDIA, we want you to produce chips here in the United States. And NVIDIA says, well, we have you know, manufacturing going on all over the world and we can do it a lot cheaper, you know, but I understand why you want it. And, and, and we understand why it's a global concern because we want, we want this, these chips kind of coming from all over. Yeah. Right. Isn't that right? So if some right. area, if the U S goes under fire, you know, some crazy stuff go, happens yeah. and we can't produce, we need to be able to get the, the chips from, from China or from Japan or from India or from wherever yeah. Germany, you know, it doesn't matter, but we need to be able to produce. We need manufacturing here no matter what. And not to say, Hey, we're going to manufacture here and keep it all here. That's not the deal. Cause we are a global player. We are the leader in the global, we are a global superpower economy. Hopefully that that maintains. Yes. Right. And now this $60 billion that's been promised is kind of just in limbo. And now these companies are saying, well, geez, man, you know, you're squeezing us on all ends, talking about increasing taxes on the corporate level, and you want us to bring back manufacturing, and you're not doing what you said you were going to do. Yeah. And, 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 and people are like, well, I don't feel sorry for them one bit because they're a big company, and we don't owe them a penny, and, and they should be able to stand on Maybe you're right. I don't necessarily disagree with that. But but what I but when something has been uh, promised and negotiated and and it's not followed through, that is uh, that's something that's going to weigh very heavily on the industry. Yeah. Right. And they're going to say, "Ooh, is that the is that the boy crying wolf situation? Right. Are we going to run into this constant web of of unknowns and, and, and companies of that size do not like unknowns? That's true. I mean, look at Elon right now, Elon, I mean, they're facing, they're, they're, he, he said cash right now. It, uh, it's, it's like a furnace. He can hear like the furnace roaring. This is in the wall street journal. I read last week, he can hear the furnace burning cash when he walks into these plants in, in Austin and in, in, in Berlin, I believe. And then he has another uh, plant uh, up in big manufacturing facility up in Fremont, California, and he mm-hmm. can just hear the cash burning. That's how he described it. Oh, who's shareholders. Wow. And crazy, right? Right. I know. That's why I like Elon because he's real. 
he's legit and he doesn't yeah. sugarcoat it. I, right. I don't mind that one bit, but he said, you know, to get the parts for these batteries, mm-hmm. I, we just can't get them. And they're running into all this. And, and this guy is one that probably can figure out the supply chain and kind of bob and weave. Yeah. Right. So we have to think about that. It, burning billions of dollars, billions yeah. that they're going through. He said, it's just being burnt up in the furnace. Yeah. Not good. So, you know, a lot of people are concerned when they see these things. And you're right. A lot of it stems from supply chain issues. And that is a major problem that I, you know, you don't hear about it as much. I mean, people just mention it in passing, but I don't hear any detailed what can be done, what's being done. I don't hear anything about that in the in the media. At least I haven't in what I read, you know, in in the Wall Street Journal or the Times or, you know, what have you, uh, or the talking heads on the news channels, you know. Uh, I, I just think that's got to be addressed, and I don't hear our government addressing it at all, and they need to step in. I mean, got, you, you've got to have, if you don't have guys like, if you don't have Apple and Elon Musk and Bezos and these guys, and they they have to be involved, our government has to be involved, uh, because that's where the money and the, uh, uh, you know, um, that's where the money's at, and that's where uh, a lot of the great uh, thinkers are at, and they have the they need to have the initiative, uh, and they need to do something about it. And it's hard for you and I sitting here, but we can at least talk about it, make people aware, and I think people should. Uh, that's an issue that I would vote on. Like who's who's got a good plan for this, and and uh, right. who's who's going to make that a pillar of their platform to do something about supply chain issues and true it's a worldwide problem i mean maybe america can't solve it on our own but you know the fact that the majority of chips are made in just three places the majority are taiwan that we get and then and then china and then south korea does make some so there's three places where almost i mean and that's like 95 percent of all computer chips uh, used or even more, ninety-five to ninety-nine percent, from what I read. So uh, that something has to be done about that. Why aren't some right. chips made in Germany or England or France or the United States or Canada or Mexico? I mean, right. I don't understand. Well, I do. It's uh, uh, wages. That's true. Wages it comes down to wages, and and a lot of those places yeah. that you just mentioned are definitely much more humanitarian than the three top chip makers countries. That's true. And that's where the U.S. was coming in and saying, "Here's sixty billion dollars." And we're and, and, and we're going to reap it back because you're going to employ tens of thousands of people. Yes. Right. Yeah. And they're all going to pay taxes. You're going to pay taxes for those people because these companies don't avoid that piece. You know, people right. are like, oh, these companies don't pay any tax. Yeah. B.S. I'm sorry. But every single employee that they have, they got their health care benefits. They have yep. any type of retirement benefits. Yep. And then they have the Social Security and Medicare tax that they pay half of, call it yes. 7%. Yes. So on every single person, it's not just a, a $20 an hour, hour wage. It's a $20 an hour plus, plus, plus. Yes. You know, and, and that was going to drive revenue back in and repay that money. So I, I know it's not tax incentive finance or increment financing, but it's uh, sure. It, it's very similar in my view. Again, yeah. we're like, a, a keep it simple, stupid here, right? That's what we want to do. Keep it simple, keep it stupid. Simple. You don't need to, oh, you don't need to make a mess of it. The but I think plan. we love yeah. making a mess of stuff, right? Because it keeps we do. bureaucrats in office. And right. it's like, well, I can clean that up and I'm the next one to do it. Oh, <laughs> right. 
clearly right Right. yeah that's that's the problem but you know from a personal standpoint when people see the market fluctuate like it has and the talking heads are oh the sky is falling and you know looking at possible recession uh, what can our listeners out there do bill i mean they basically need a plan and as long as they're working with a financial services professional and have a plan in place and are well diversified i mean uh, that's the bottom line isn't it I think working with the right financial services professional. Sure. And, and what I see so often is uh, convoluted portfolios. I see tons of overlap where you own a lot of the same securities. It's a big mutual fund or ETF portfolio that has a bunch of these different mutual funds that uh, own a lot of what the others own. And so we call that st- this stock intersection or overlap. Yeah. Right? And so we try to eliminate a lot of that, but then creating that income plan, creating, um, making sure that all of your I's are dotted and T's are crossed, making sure your taxes um, are, are, are ha- being handled properly. Right. Um, right. It, and what does that mean? Not just doing a tax return, but how about the year end planning? How about the intra year planning that's mm-hmm. happening? How about the Roth conversions? When are we doing them? When's the best time? There's not a crystal ball, um, sometimes with all this, but making sure we have a plan and we stick to that plan and stay diligent on it. That's key social security maximization. So we push all of these things together, estate planning, wills, trust powers of attorney. We're not attorneys, but we have wonderful people that we work with that can help you out in that area. Sure. That's, that's the key. So when it comes down to watching these markets get crazy, people have to understand that there's more options than just the traditional options. I mean, take our buffered index, for instance. So you're sitting here in the market right now, you're down say 20% for the year. And you're wondering to yourself, like, can it, can it keep coming down? Somebody was in my office this last week and they think it's going to come down 40% total right before it comes back up. I don't know. Warren Buffett's going to tell you that he doesn't know. Right. Nobody has a crystal ball. Doesn't know. Okay. But we stay course. We invest in good companies with good earnings. Um, They sell real things, right? We don't go crazy. We understand it. If you look at one of our portfolios, Tony, you're looking at a ton of different companies that you own. I'm not talking about an ETF or a mutual fund of these companies. I'm talking about an actively managed stock portfolio. Right. Okay. And then trying to get rid of the bond side and people say, well, but the bond side is what kind of keeps me safe. Well, not this year. What no. are you down in your bonds, depending on where you are? Nine to no. 12%. The last couple of years, the bond market's just been gradually um, going Eroding. away. The whole 60, yeah. 40 rule of 60% at risk in stocks and 40% in bonds uh, doesn't work. And so there are other ways to diversify. I mean, there's buffered index portfolios, like you said, and I know grading investments, you know, they saw the writing on the wall and, you know, move some people into more precious metals and different things. There's ways to diversify uh, without using things like bonds or CDs where it's just ridiculous. You're going to lose money in the long run. That's right. Absolutely. And, 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 and holding on to cash. I mean, yeah, cash is king. We hear that. I, I still believe, I still believe some of that stuff. I'm old school. I like cash. Sure. Right. Um, but it has eroded this year. I mean, you know, there's inflation numbers that we hear and we've heard all kinds of numbers, you know, without food and energy and then with food and energy, you know, like in the nines or whatever, eights, nines. And then we hear, you know, well, but that's not true because Ed said that cran apple juice is up double. 
Well, that's a hundred percent. So, you know, my buddy, Jeff Peterson at Omaha track says the same thing. He's like, inflation's not no nine, eight, nine percent. That's a bunch of BS, you know, paying twice as much as the same thing last year. Sure. You know, so that's yeah, buy a sheet Some of plywood of and tell me it's nine percent more than it was right. <laughs> three years oh, ago or a, yeah, even a year 9%, ago. Tony, yeah. I can do nine percent. Yeah, nine <laughs> percent is no 50, problem. Seventy-five or a hundred. Yeah, and and that's another issue too. We've seen our cash erode. You know, but what if we took that sixty forty balance portfolio and we did forty percent instead of the bond market? We went like um, maybe some buffered index. Sure. Right? Maybe kept a little bit more dry powder, some of that cash, yeah. right? Saying, yeah. hey, you know, it's let's hold on to some of that cash. And if the market does drop another 20%, let's buy in or whatever. Sure. You know, again, not a crystal ball. We're not going to time the market. But again, uh, nothing wrong with having some dry powder in right. times like this. And you're not giving, this isn't specific investment advice for specific things for everyone. Uh, you're saying uh, you got to look at the big picture, but to really know what to do, you have to look at each individual specific situation. And that's why that's you right. want to work with an independent financial services professional like yourself, who's a fiduciary. You're going to look out for their best interest and based on where they're at, what they have, what their time horizon is there's so many factors and then say okay yeah you should move over here yes you should do this right that's right absolutely yeah it it isn't just a one-size-fits-all approach it's not giving you investment advice on on what to do certainly it's just you know you want to come in and meet with one of us definitely i mean you can you certainly meet with me if you came in i give you a complimentary consultation we'll talk about what's going on with your portfolio if anybody knows me they know i'm the opposite of pressure Seriously, you know, I'm like a, like, you know how Chuck says, like, if you don't want to be here, see ya. No biggie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's no hard feelings, man. <laughs> no. But it, and if you want to come back or readdress it, yeah, the door is open. Yeah. You know, and, and we are ultra like that. Yeah. Oh yeah. You, you know? guys are just like family over there and you, you just, uh, you really take care of your clients. And uh, when people come in who aren't clients, you're more than happy to meet with them, talk with them, try to help them. And, and, uh, it has to be, it has to work. Like they have to, you know, uh, they look at what you say and what you do and, uh, there's no pressure to work with you long-term at all. Yep. And most of our businesses is a referral business. Oh, so yeah. Happy yeah. clients that, that introduce us to other people that need some help. Yeah. And, and the biggest thing that we get is that you guys actually do handle it all. You know, some people say they do, but all of a sudden you're getting all these referrals and phone numbers and, you know, it's more like, yeah, we're a one-stop shop, but not really. Uh, we are that. We yes. are that. And, it, and, and not only are we that, but it's here under one roof. Yes. You know, we're fully independent, fiduciary, look out for your best interests, our legal obligations. So we make sure that your balance is appropriate for your lifestyle, for your, for your age, for your health. I mean, there's so many different pieces for your own mental risk tolerance. Right. So anyway, give us a call here at the Premier, Premier Advisory Group 402 five, five, seven, six, seven, three, zero. Again, four, zero, two, five, five, seven, six, seven, three, zero. And again, you're listening to the big O money show on KFAB and you can go to bigomoney.com to find us bigomoney.com. Thank you so much. And we will see you next week. All right. Thanks, Bill. See ya. Thank you for listening to the big O money show. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound income plan. For more information, please contact Bill Altman at the Premier Advisory Group, 
Call 402-557-6730 or visit their website at P-A-R-A-D-V-I-S-O-R.com. All matters discussed during the show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation. Bill Altman and the Premier Advisory Group are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency.